the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from Golf Bet, and in the next little while, we're going to make 18 bets playing 18 holes and figure out this RBC heritage the week after the Masters. Before we get into this week, we're going to do a little review of last week, but as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, get $200 for free. Benny, we're coming off a week at the Masters that I know you weren't there. I was a fun week, an exhilarating week, an exhausting week. It was fantastic to see John Rahm finally get the green jacket. Yeah, mate. And look, to everyone out there, you can hear the fatigue in Jason Sobel's voice. He's been mm. smashing it late nights, absolutely hammering all the peach schnapps and whatever else was going on down there in the in Augusta, drinking? Georgia. Also playing plenty of golf and probably dining um, out on the winnings because you, my man, did pick John Rahm Monday last week to win the green jacket. And you've got to get a shout out for that. Look, I know that sometimes it's all easy to pick a guy near the top. You still right. got to pick him. I hadn't done my research yet, did not pick him. My guys, as those who listen know, were Jason Day and Jordan Spieth. I thought Jordan played very well. Jason, inexplicable collapses, second round especially, was up into second place, missed a five-foot birdie, and then dumped and laid the sod over one on 15 into the water that started an absolute diabolical collapse. But I will say this for myself. When I did do my research finally and on Wednesday when I put out my eliminator, if you will, mm-hmm. knocking mm-hmm. out... 87 losers, the guy I came down to with all the trends and stats was John Rahm. So I think we both have something to be pretty proud of. You did an eliminator. You could have just copy and pasted my work, Benny. You didn't have to go through all that extra work of your own. I will say, look, yes, it's nice getting a win on the board. I I certainly, by the way, for the people that listen, I know you're the real fans. I know it's going to sound weird to gloat about not gloating, but it's okay to pick a winner and not pat yourself on the back on social media for three weeks afterwards. I'm just going to throw that out there. No, I'm going to say that I'm giving you the kudos because you, more than most, cop it deluxe. you got all these pelicans out there who want to tell you that you put the jinx on, guys. And I know they were coming at you after that four-putt on the first hole. So I'd put out the eliminator. You've got him as a pick, and he's four-putt at the first hole for a double bogey. And they came at you. They came at me. And look, so every now and then I'm just going to say, hey, you know, the proof's in the pudding. John Rahm's got a green jacket. And look, it's great to know that. He'll be a champion there forever. He definitely deserves it. It was kismet, whatever you want to call it, with all the anniversaries, Savvy's birthday, all that sort of stuff. It was a good winner. It was a great winner yeah. to have. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm still shook by that, by the way. I was in the press building. I did not watch Robin's first haul. I'm glad I didn't watch it. But all of a sudden, I'm walking through the press building. I look up at the big scoreboard, and it says, Rom, plus two through <laughs> one. And I'm just like, come on. Like, just give me a chance, John. Are you really going to double the first hole? It reminded me of, I picked Rory McIlroy at the Tour Championship last year. And I know that's going to sound to people like, oh yeah, another easy pick, top of the board. Remember, Rory came in six shots behind Scotty Scheffler. 
And so he had to make up ground. This was not a 72-hole score without the staggered start. It was with the staggered start. I picked Rory. Rory, first hole, blows it way left over a fence. (laughs) And I believe he made triple, not even double on that hole. And, of course, I was hearing about it from people on Twitter, like, oh, Sobel jinxed Rory and wound up winning that week, too. So there are definitely some parallels there. But we move on. We go to RBC, the RBC Heritage at Harbortown. This is the absolute perfect antidote to the pressure cooker of a major championship the week before. It's so calm, relaxed. I've only been there once. I covered the event the year Jordan Spieth won the Masters 2015 and sort of followed him to Harbortown. And I would think as a player, no better place to go the week after a major championship, sort of, hey, I'm going to play golf. I'm going to play golf in a nice, relaxing, calm setting. Well, now it's taking on a little more relevance. It's a designated event. We've got some big boys there this week. Not all of them, but most of them. Some guys uh, just decided not to show up. So kind of interesting. But let's get to it. 18 holes, 18 bets for the RBC Heritage. Benny, you may now swing away. All right, buddy. You said, like, it's nice and relaxed. It's sleepy. It can be a bit slow, but yet still vibrant. Like, I'm going to go my first winning play here with somebody who fits the sleepy slow mold and I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay the guy who was in that playoff last year there this is not a out there pick it's very vanilla very straight down the line but he's been there five times he's been second third twice seventh as well and more to the point look if we didn't say it from the top Hilton Head is not by any stretch of the imagination, a bomb and gouge or whatever else. These guys that hit it long actually have to rein back a little bit at Hilton Head. have got small greens. They've got to play the short hitter game in some holes uh, rather than just smash it. So it's a bit of old school golf. That's why we've had some interesting champions over the years, some names of you know that you might not necessarily recognize, uh, including or very old men like Stuart Sink a couple of years ago who mm-hmm. just plotted their way around. So Cantlay is one of these ball striker machines. It's a tee to green week. He's seventh on tour tee to green. They hit more shots from 175 yards to 200 yards than any other course by a long way. He's 17th relation to par on that. Cantlay is your easy 11 to 1 pick for me. I like it, Benny, but I do believe that when you speak about Cantlay, you have to (laughs) speak like this because he's so slow (laughs) deliberate is that another way look i'll say this that is the one thing that could trip him up because there was some vitriol of his pace at the masters coming from all angles and i think he'll be talked to he'll be asked about it and usually he's oblivious to this sort of stuff or doesn't care but it'll be on his radar so he'll have to figure out if he's going to let that affect him. And if he's forced to speed up, will he be the same guy? We'll see. Yeah, good point. All right. Hole number two, I always start with a long shot outright play. This one's longer than I expected it to be. We're only six weeks removed from Harris English playing some really good golf. He was 12th at Riviera. He was second at Bay Hill. A couple of ball strikers golf courses. This one is a place where he's had mixed results over the years. And quite frankly, he's had mixed results ever since that runner-up finish at Bay Hill. But at 150 to one, absolutely, I'll take a shot on a guy who knows how to win. He won twice back in 2021, was on the Ryder Cup team. So, yeah, no doubt, I will take a shot at 150 to one on Harris English this week. 
I've got two long shot plays this week. One I'm calling it a long, long shot, triple digits, and one that's not quite triple digits. So I'm going to, off the back of that third hole, I am going to go in for my longer of the long shots, which I can't believe is 130 to one. You spoke about recently having winning form. This guy won the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Kurt Kitayama, 130 to one, another ball striker, a guy that will be assuming that, you know, he can match it with the big boys, some of them who are very tired, him not so much, <laughs> you know, after last week. But I just saw that number and thought, well, he's already shown that he can match it with them. Yeah. This yeah. course suits his game probably more than Bay Hill. And so, yeah, I saw that number and thought that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah. So, again, Harpertown is a very predictive golf course. I think that we know, we come to understand, it's just under 7,200 yards, plays shorter than that. The big hitters will very rarely even pull driver out of the bag. You just don't need it around this golf course. So it is an iron players game. It's small greens too. You've got to be able to get up and down from around them as well. Getting to the fourth hole. I had Jordan Spieth written down for a top five here. He, of course, won last year. I just think Jordan's ready to go win something or at least play better. He talked about being exhausted. He just sounded like he, he did not want to go play four more rounds of golf right after shooting 66 on the final day at Augusta. And so I've crossed out Speed's name and I've gone instead with a player who was also up there last week, but didn't quite have the pressure on him. Wasn't quite that high on the leaderboard. Shane Lowry playing some really yeah. nice golf. I always like Shane in a place where strokes gained around the greens is going to be important. Shane has got some of the best hands on the PGA tour. One of the better wedge players from around the greens. So at plus 600, really nice number for a top five. Yeah, I like that, mate. I saw Larry there, and it's funny. He didn't quite make my shortlist, but I knew that he'd make yours. I just had a feeling because he was yeah. he was one of your picks for a good finish last week, and he was another yep. collect for you. So I knew that you'd probably double dip on that. Not going to argue with you there. And I, too, also in my top five, had speed, thinking that he has a good shot to win. And if he's sort of overemphasizing what he, how tight he actually is, he could still do that. But I'm just not prepared to tell people to go gung-ho on a guy who's already telling you that he doesn't think he's going to go that well because he's exhausted. The speed is, it does fit him. Obviously, he won it because he doesn't have to take that driver and get wild. He can just plot around and and do his best. So for my top five, so for the fifth hole, I'm going to go with another guy who was top 10 last week, T3 on debut at Hilton Head last year. And that is Cam Young, plus 500 mm. for Now, I know, look, he is usually a smasher, usually yes. a guy that belts it. But T3 there last year had a 63 to start. Clearly, he figured out whatever it was he needed to do to rein it in. T7 off the Masters. And your man is just making him better and better and better on the bag there, Paul Tesori. So they're going to be so good together for so long. I mean, long, can you can you imagine I'm pretty sure the likes of Webb Simpson and these guys did have done well at Hilton Head before. It's been Webb's his one there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say that Tesori is going to take Camion to another level. So I, I like him across the board but plus 500 for a top 5. Look, I don't hate it. I know he played well there last year. I still feel like we're neutralizing Camion's biggest advantage which is that yep. driver. And so when you take driver out of his hands on a lot of holes, I just don't love it as much. I'll be on cam as soon as I can, not that far from now. And, and it might be at the PGA championship mm. next month, but yeah. I'm going to stay away for now, even though, like you said, T3 last year. Sixth hole. Look, I didn't mean to chase a bunch of guys that played well last week. And yet 
It just sort of worked that way. I'm certainly not getting a discount here because his price has dropped after playing really well, but Russell Henley's got a little something going on right now. Russell Henley is one of those guys about whom I have said the results have not quite equaled the performance over the last couple of years, meaning that he's due some positive regression. I'll take him for a top 10 plus 475, still not a terrible number. And so I, I do think that, like I said, he's got it going right now. He's a really, really good iron player. Yeah, it's funny. I was going down the list of the top performers last week. And, you know, the top 12 get a return to the Masters. And he was really one of the only names in there, I thought, that might not be there otherwise, right? Like, yes. so it was a big result for him to book his ticket back to the Masters next year. Absolutely. He will be just brimming with confidence and feel instead of four foot tall like he is, eight foot tall and bulletproof. So I think that's, you know, a pretty smart bet where you can get a little bit of value there. Because, look, my top 10 play here at, what is it, hole seven? It's only you're only getting plus two fifty for my guy, and look, this is funny because part of it is a little bit of inside knowledge from his bag man about how fired up he is to do well after slipping up from a starting what was it a sixty five co led the Masters after the first round in Victor Hovland, and I think that he had to play with our man Patrick Cantlay we spoke of before, and was not impressed <laughs> with uh, how how. Disjointed and slow that was, and you he's fired up. You can see of, him walking ahead at times. I mean, he wanted no he, part of that. He literally hit a shot on 13 from around the green before Cantley was anywhere near the green yet. And that's unheard of in this level of golf, but it was his way of sort of saying, and that, let's be honest, like sometimes, you know, I know we have rules officials and that, but this is still somewhat a self-policed sport and whatnot. So maybe it does need to come down to these guys' actual competitors and maybe Rams and whatnot need to like pull him in and say, hey, this is unacceptable or whatever it might be. But yeah, he's fired up. Let's just say that. And Vic Dovland was, I think, 20th or T21 in 2020. Is other thing. He loves these ball striking events. I think he's playing decent. And I think he is a top 10 option at plus 250. Yeah. I hate to throw out the Hovland stereotype every single time. Small greens. Yeah. Gotta get up and down. He's a bad wedge player. He says he's a bad wedge player. I, he's not going to miss them player. this week. He's not going to miss the greens. If he hits 72 greens in regulation, Victor Hovland should be up there on the leaderboard. (laughs) All right, eighth hole. I'm going with a player who I expect to be as popular as anybody on the board this week. He's played this event 19 times. He has a win, a second place, a third place, seven top 10s, 12 top 25s, and 18 of 19 made cuts. He last missed the cut back in 2003 when half these guys were like still four years old. Matt Kuchar is going to be on so many cards this week and he's playing well right now. I've got no problem with it. I probably won't go as far as an outright, maybe a little sprinkle, but top 20 at plus 220, I think is a really nice range for Kuchar. I think that's a very safe conservative play. Yeah, look, mate, I had him on my board and it took him off in the end just because like I was looking for a place to slot him. I wanted to look at matchups. But the odds makers are smart. They've actually got him at favorite bunch of guys that are, you know, much higher value than him that I think can still win the tournament. Whereas I think Cooch, like you said, I think he can be up there. I think he's almost certain to be in the top 20, but might not win it, right? Like I yeah. feel like that's the play there for him. So I like that there. All right. What am I at? The ninth hole. Ninth right, let me give you my other long shot then. Close out this nine. And again, I was actually surprised to see this number, but... He's already won this season. He's 90 to 1. He is, you know, a reasonable 41st tee to green on tour, but fourth on that sweet spot of told you relation to par, 
175 to 200 yards. 90 to 1, Keegan Bradley. I will have a little look at that. Again, another guy who did not play well last week, but will be rested for it. Spent some time with Keegan last Tuesday night in Augusta. I don't think he's still on it, but he had been on that all-meat diet. He said literally he had eaten nothing but grass-fed beef, and he was so OCD about it. He said at one point his son had some goldfish out, and he just absentmindedly grabbed a goldfish out of this little bowl, started (laughs) chewing it, realized what he was doing, and spit it out in the sink before he could swallow it down because he wanted to lose the weight and he wanted to stick to the plan. And so um, Keegan is, uh, he's looking great and he's, he's playing really well. So I like that play as well. We'll get to the back nine in just a second here, but first a reminder, the links and locks podcast is proudly presented by bet three, six, five, the world's favorite sports book brand sign up with promo code action to get bet three, six, five's exclusive sign up offer in New Jersey and Colorado bet $1 on any game, get $200, for free all right we get to the back nine benny and i always like to start out the back nine with my first round leader bit and this is a guy that i often chase for frl bets because quite frankly he's one of the best putters around and if he gets it going he can roll in a whole lot of birdies and that's exactly what we're looking for in a single round investment so give me some denny mccarthy first round leader (laughs) i'll chase him at least five or ten times throughout the year just because like i said if he gets hot with that putter and he tends to get hotter with the putter than anyone else, he can go shoot 63 in a hurry. Yeah. I'm not against it, mate. He is the type that could throw it. And it's funny, like this field is stacked, as we've said, as a designated event. And we've talked about mainly, oh, well, I have talked about a lot of big names and I'm, my card is pretty full of big names, but if there's going to be a Nick Taylor week at a, at a designated event where a guy can come through this, this is probably it. <laughs> like this is the one. So while you might not hear some strange names from me or whatever, don't be afraid to look down the board this week for sure and find those guys that you like. My first round leader, mate, it's, I've gone back to the old favorite. I'm not going to the favorite, but I'm going to one of the bigger names that I think can actually contend all week. But I'm going to slot him in as a first round leader, play at 35 to 1, have 3 for 3 at Hilton Head, top 10 there in 21, scoring average of 69. I think he can go lower, and that's Colin Morikawa coming off a of good Masters. I think he's another guy. He's not – I haven't put him anywhere else, so this is where I'm slotting him. An option there, but you could look at him everywhere. Yeah, I can certainly see it this week. I I do like Morikawa. I haven't fit him into the card yet at all, but he may wind up being like the DFS play for me, you know, the guy you spend up for there. But I do yeah. like that. All right. Full fall. This guy that I talked about a few weeks ago. And when I talked about him, going into the Valero Texas Open, I said – All Ben Martin does is play really good golf. (laughs) He has now played in his last six starts. He has made the cut every time and has four finishes of 13th or better. He's really, really good. He doesn't get too many opportunities in the bigger events, but this is a guy who's underrated. He's he's mid-career. I mean, this is not a young player by any means, but Ben Martin top 30 at plus 230, I think, is a smash play this week. All right, well... Again, you're right about how well he's been playing, so I can't knock you. I'm going to go into the bet three six five player markets here now. At where am I at? Hole thirteen. He's a guy that it's sixty six or better. So basically, make the cut, right? At the minus one twenty. This guy came up because he's third in my little stat of the week, the one seventy five to two hundred yards. But he's also coming off reasonable result at the match play, and then at t twenty two at the Texas Open, and that's J.J. Spawn. 
I think like just to make the cut, I'm going to back him. I think I think he can plot his way around and and make the cut. I like that. Whereas I'm looking at other guys. Like this is where I looked at Kucher as well. I looked at a few other options that you could get reasonable finish positions. But I just really liked the fact that Spawn went all the way out to make the cut where his iron game, it hits his sweet spot, as I said. This is where he's good from the distances he'll be hitting from. All right. I like that one. I've got two for the 14th hole, a couple of top 40 plays. Alex Smalley, who is a very consistent player. He's sort of a mini Mav McNeely, if you will, a guy that whose ceiling might not be might not be as high as some other players, or maybe we just haven't seen it yet. But the floor is usually very high. He's a very consistent player, makes a lot of cuts. I'll take him for a top 40. And then a player making his debut with this event, Grayson Sig, just a good, solid player. This should be a good golf course for him. I look at him as sort of Kevin Kisner 2.0. And Kevin Kisner has had a lot of success here. He's not playing his best golf right now. I'll take Grayson Sig instead. Okay. Yeah, can't knock it. All right, let's go to the 15th hole. Missed the cut last week, this man, but I'm going to put him in for a top 20 at plus 220 this week because the start before that, he won. And he's three for three at Harbortown. Corey Connors has been T21, T4, T12. So basically, you know, T21, just just a smidge off being top 20 every time he's played there. Look, you can't blame him for not necessarily having the greatest Masters week. He's coming off the victory, the big high, family there, new kid, etc. I think that it just caught up with him at the Masters. And there was also also this expectation on him because he's played well at the Masters before coming in. And I feel like he just didn't quite handle the personal expectation he put on himself to, to excel at the Masters. So I think that now that he's had a couple of days to reflect and he'll bring it back and, and yeah, top 20, I think it's a pretty obvious play there. Another point to add on there, RBC, of course, the presenting sponsor this week, Royal Bank of Canada. They yes. sponsor most of these Canadian players. I uh, like Connors. I also really like, for other markets, maybe top 20s, Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor yep. as well, uh, guys who should fit this golf course really well. So that makes a lot of sense. All right. 16th all, we're going to get to the player market bets as they have them on Bet365, essentially an over-under for finishing position. This is one where... Uh, this leapt off the screen for me. This is a player who calls Harbortown one of his favorite golf courses in the world. It it might be somewhere on the list behind the country club where he won the U.S. Open last year, but Matt Fitzpatrick has a number of 30th or better this week. Yep. 30th? Matt Fitzpatrick? All I'm hoping is that the wind blows and conditions are tough because the tougher it is, the better Matty Fitz starts playing. So hopefully... It's not 18 under winning this thing. Hopefully it's four under and Matt Fitzpatrick should be right there. Right, somewhere out there in the, the internet world is a video of the one time I was there in Hilton Head that I actually covered the event doing a you know Facebook Live that was taped or whatever with Matt Fitz up that lighthouse. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we walked around the lighthouse. We talked about his game and how much he loved the joint. I remember the, the thing was they told me, oh, he loves this place. We're going to do it with him. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, like... Of course he does, but it was striking to me that no, no, he really loves that place. Like he was essentially the tourism board trying to sell me this this museum and this place, and like he he really likes the golf course, really loves it there. So there's nothing to suggest he shouldn't be in a great frame of mind. Different type of story, but I was once the one year I covered it, I was at the quarter deck, you know, the uh, mm-hmm. place you know right nearby, and you were sitting there, and it's Saturday evening, and it's ten o'clock, and 
there is a caddy there who's no longer caddying on the PGA Tour. I believe he's on live, but it might have been the drunkest human I've ever seen in my life <laughs> who was proceeding to walk up to people who were standing there dr- having a drink. He would just take the drink out of their hands, drink the whole thing, hand it back to them, and they're looking at him astonished and just walk away and go on to the next person. It was like great theater. I got no dog in this race. I don't care if he gets punched in the face or whatever like that. Like, I'm just watching this going, I'm not even mad. I'm just, this is amazing. He must have got up to 10, 12 different people and, and grabbed a drink out of their hands and drank it and just went on to the next one. Would you ask me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just. He was not an American, was it? He was not an American. Yeah, so I think I know exactly who it might be. Then I don't think he was one of yours, though. No, no, not one of ours, but someone with an accent from the the bottom half of the world, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love not it. Shocking. All right, well, are we up to seventeen? Is that where I'm at? My, my, yep. my number one winner play. He's been well. He's had a couple of he's. 21st and 13th at Harbour Town before. He's 28 to 1, so I'm going away from the big winners. I'm going right to the sweet spot of ball strikers. First on tour in my absolute key stat this week, 175 to 200 yards relation to par 13th, Peter Green. My international man, Sungjae Im. He's your winner this week. Sungjae Im will play very well at Harbour Town and win. Benny, Benny, Benny. I don't think we mentioned the same name over the first 16 holes. We're doing such a good job. Just going back and forth, not picking on each other's players as we often do. Yep. And then we get down to the last two holes. You take Sunjay to win, and here's my card. I'll show <laughs> you at the bottom. Sunjay in my favorite outright go. play. We're on the same page. The whole boat's going down together. Yep. Throw us out in Calabogie Sound. We'll be shipwrecked out there, but <laughs> you and I are in it together. For the whole week, Sunjay M, everything he said there. Look, the one thing Sunjay doesn't have going for him against the game's other elite-level players is that he doesn't hit it as long. He's yeah. essentially almost exactly PGA Tour average length off the tee, which isn't short, but he's short in comparison to the Roms and Schefflers and yep. McElroys out there. Well, this is a course where it doesn't really matter if you're short because he's so accurate anyway that he just hit it in the fairway with his driver, even if the other guys are using irons or whatever else. I love everything about Sanjay this week. Liked him last week. Love him this week. Oh, oh, well, yeah. we're all in it together. As I said, mate, he actually, and I know it, I'm I'm doing sort of, what do you call it, inside baseball, inside golf, just going on this, this level of approach shots. But it is proven over a 10-year stretch. It is like as predictable as it possibly gets on the tour that they are going to be hitting – no matter what you hit off the tee, you need to land within that 175 to 200 range on a lot of these holes more than anywhere else. And this is a machine. We're talking about Sunday M. Like they literally called him that when he was the first on the International Presidents Cup team. He will iron them to death if they all. If we put the ball down right there from in that range, no one's beating him. And I like the number too, to be honest. Like 28 to one compared to, you know, you got a lot of those big names that may be less enthused being there. You know, you're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 to 1. So let's go Sanjay. I'm with you. Like everything about it. All right. Sanjay, if you're listening right now, we need you this week, buddy. Going for two in a row after we were on ROM last week. All right. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks Best Vents podcast. Remember, you can find our podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week during the PGA Tour season. For Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck. With your bets for this week's RBC Heritage, here's hoping you at the green.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.